Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We got a great interview uh, for you guys today. Um, we have the pleasure of sitting out, down with Aaron Marshall, also a Butler uh, graduate, and he has started Naptown Thrift. And so uh, we start off, he talks about his childhood, background, how he started his music career. Uh, yeah, he's got that going on as well. So he's, he's a man who wears many hats. Um, but he gives us some insight on, on the thrifting market business and kind of educates us on, on his processes, uh, why he does what he does, and how he does the things that, that he's into. And it, it's really cool because it, it's a true family-owned business. So his family helps him with it. Uh, they don't have any other employees. Um, it's all them. They do it all from thrifting to selling, uh, opening and closing the store. Uh, they'll cover for each other if someone has a conflict. And so it's really cool to hear how they work together as, as a true team. And, uh, you know, sometimes you hear family businesses, uh, they go awry because, you know, oh, don't do business with family. But um, Aaron and his family have really found the keys to, to making it work and making it work really well so it i had never met him before this this interview uh which kind of excites me when we go into into interviews like this because uh, it's cool to see how we're going to come out on the other end and uh I, I had a i had a blast getting to know him sitting down and listening to his story and and his mark that he's trying to make on the world so uh tim tim how'd you like this one i know you know you knew aaron a little bit more so in school than i did so what uh what'd you take away here yeah i absolutely love this interview and i just love the story behind his business so he gets into like building a reputation in indianapolis uh so he went from when he was in college he started this he operated out of a, a store like a small storage unit and it was by appointment only. So he would schedule appointments to take people there and they would buy stuff from the store. And now he evolved into a storefront store, owning it with his family uh, and becoming like the number one go-to option for vintage clothing. And how he's grown his presence on Instagram. I know he's got like 12,000 followers now just to see like what he came from. And he talks about that, like networking with other people in the industry, learning from other people because that's the best way to do it is look up to people who are doing what you're doing and learning stuff that you may not know about. So he talks about that. Talks about the biggest surprises of running a thrift store. Things that he didn't expect. Um, some advice that he'd give to his older self when he started. Uh, and then we kind of end the show talk about how he's blended his music career and his music passion with his store. Uh, and he gets into like the future of his business and his final advice for people who are, who are going and doing something like this on their own. So really cool, unique interview. I know you guys are going to get a lot from it. Uh, so without further ado, enjoy your Thursday. Get some motivation from this. Episode 63, Aaron Marshall. Yeah, so uh, let's just... Maybe get a background, who you are, what you're doing, and, and we'll, we'll get into it and shoot it, man. Yeah. Um, I'm Like I said, my name's Aaron Marshall. I uh, uh, went to Butler um, in 2014. I uh, grad, just graduated in last year, 2018, in May, and um, started Naptown Thrift my sophomore year at Butler in the spring of 2015. And, um, yeah, just kind of ran it out of a storage unit from there. Whenever I wasn't in class or wasn't working any of my other jobs outside yeah. of school, I was meeting people over at the storage unit and going out and thrifting and finding new gear to have in the in the unit and posting stuff on Instagram for people to see and want to come by. And and then, yeah, I graduated, like I said, last year and, and spent the summer with my family getting our 
storefront ready yeah. um, to actually, you know, open a physical location. And we opened in September of last year and just been running that six days a week ever since. Nice, and, man. Yeah, just That's still cool. doing, uh, I was, you know, doing, um, you know, music stuff on the side locally as well. So what kind of, what uh, kind of music? Rap. And, oh, cool. and so I still, you know, when I can, I was kind of talking to Tim before this, you know, it's like, it's, you know, I have time to do it, but it's just like the, the mental will to like want to continue to, to, you know, make music after a long day at the shop. It's like right. draining, but it's like you're already doing something for yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. More and it's like, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I still do it cause I love it, but, yeah. um, it's definitely, you know, finding, finding time and the will to continue to do that stuff on the side. Cause the shop's the main focus at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So you doing any gigs now or? Yeah. I mean, I'm still doing shows pretty much every other weekend. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. it, a lot of them are luckily after shop hours. Yeah. So like, you know, I'll close up at eight on a Saturday night and I'll be going on at 10. Oh, nice. So, yeah. You got like a, a usual spot or just um, usually anywhere, mo- everywhere. Usually most of the shows are in the fountain square area. Okay. Um, you know, Square Cat Vinyl, Hi-Fi, um, White Rabbit, Pioneer around there. And then, like, there's a few other new venues like Healer down off uh, Raymond Street, kind of south, yeah. or, or like State Street Pub, which is kind of near, you know, Mass Ave, uh, Arsenal Tech area. Okay. But, yeah, just just kind of little venues around the city that are super cool, and it's kind of cool. I've gotten connected with the people who run those and, and other artists that, you know, curate shows for those places. So, that's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool little network. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. How, uh, how'd that get rolling? Oh man, just the music in general. Uh, I mean, gosh, that started in high school. You know, I was up at, at Culver Military Academy. Um, up oh, North, no shit, yeah. off Lake Max. Yep, yep, oh. Lake Max. I, uh, when I did construction, I framed a house up there. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. That's sick. So I could see the academy, and then on Fridays, I could see everyone on their boats and swimming. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck, I'm banging up walls right now. Yeah, like. <laughs> One, and what's funny is like, you know, telling people you went to Culver and they're like, oh, dude, you must have been on jet skis every weekend, man. I'm like, <laughs> like, no, dude, I was fucking, I was marching. I was like, dude, I know it's a military <laughs> yeah, <academy>. right. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't Zoe 101. Like, we were actually, like, <laughs> yeah. we were, we were, yeah, we were, let us know how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we were, we were, we weren't having that much fun, but I mean, it, it was, you know, we made do with what we had and, and the, the good part about it, I'd say was, you know, we were all in dorm rooms mm-hmm. and, um, my parents, you know, they saw I was into music and into recording stuff. And so they got me a microphone for my birthday. I think like my sophomore year there. Okay. And so I just, you know, I kind of used the dorm room as my makeshift recording space and kind of taught myself how to record, um, just using GarageBand on my laptop that I had there and, yeah. and a mic and, and, you know, the original stuff was pretty awful. I was actually, I found like a flash drive the other day of like original stuff from high school. And I was like, wow, this is really bad. Yeah. So <laughs> far you come. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Awesome. It's good that I can hear improvement. It's like, I guess. who's an expert when they start though? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So anyway, from there, you know, just, uh, it was cool to come back, um, go to Butler um, and uh, reacquaint myself with the city that, you know, I feel like I'd kind of been dead for four years after going to Culver. And yeah. I felt like, you know, I'm, I grew up in Indy, but I hadn't lived there for four years. So I had to come back and reacquaint myself once I was at Butler and, you know, kind of let people know who I was in the local scene and, and, you know, getting re-noticed. Um, but you know, once, once that happened, probably like early, uh, 2017, um, I mean, that whole year was like a blur of just, you know, I did one show in Fountain Square and then next thing I know, you know, it was just, I guess it went well enough to where, I mean, the rest of that year, I didn't, I never reached out 
to book a single show. It's just people, Whoa. people hit me up like, yo, yeah. I saw you on this. You want to do this? And I was like, yeah. That's cool. And so I was pretty much saying yes to everything that year. And I, mm-hmm. I probably overbooked myself. My girlfriend's a saint for going to every show. <laughs> good, good and terrible. Loyal. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, it was, it was, it was busy. And I think that really kind of cemented my foot in the, in the local scene. Yeah. So, that's cool. Man. I, yeah. I also, I can't remember which video I saw. I just remember your videos were like really good quality too. Oh, like, thanks. I, I thought yeah. you did a really good job of those. What was, I can't remember the one, the first one I saw. It was the one, it was recorded at Butler. Yeah. Part of it was. I think it, that, you're talking about the one I did with uh, Charlie Breeze and uh, yeah. St. Lorenz, the two homies who also went to Butler. Um, and, you know, we all kind of just knew each other because we all went to Butler and all rapped. And mm. we were like, hey, let's make a video, but yeah. let's not make it a shitty video. And so we got the homie Xander Nunley, who actually, uh, he shot a couple other things for me. Um, but I mean, that was the first time I'd met him and he just showed up and That's Charlie awesome. had a senior house and he's like, Hey, let's invite, you know, 10 girls over and make it look like a hundred girls. In the <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we, we made, we made that little, you know, little video, but I, I, it did, it did what we wanted yeah. it to do. So cool. Is Charlie still rapping? Uh, no, I don't think he is. I, I honestly, you know, guys graduate and I'm just like, yeah, you know, they, they yeah. kind of do their own thing, but sure. I think he's, uh, he's cause he was from, um, Tennessee, I think yeah. he's still down there just working. Okay. So, nice. yeah, yeah, good deal. So, flashing back to, I want to go back to, to the thrift store. So, you want to just kind of explain the moment when you realize, hey, I can make this a business, and kind of your passion leading up to that point as to how you got on that path. Yeah, and why you I, chose it. I mean, it definitely started as just like a passion of mine and mm-hmm. a passion of my family's, like. Uh, my dad and stepmom took me thrifting when I was probably in fourth grade when I started to kind of care about what I was wearing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it started with like, I was really into like basketball gear, like Jordan brand stuff, um, just kind of, you know, athletic wear. And we'd go to thrift stores and also like, I don't know if you guys remember like AJ Wright, that store, that was kind of like a, a sister store of um, like TJ Maxx and Marshalls, like mm-hmm. those kind of stores. I don't but, think so. I don't think but, I remember that. Though. Yeah. But AJ Wright was like, one that like got all the cool like Jordan shit. Okay. And and like you could find some steals in there. And so we'd be stopping there like nightly and just like hunting. And then that kind of, you know, uh switched to thrifting for like vintage stuff. And I just thought like the bright colors and like I it started with like old jerseys and then like transitioned to like old sweaters and just mm-hmm. stuff with cool colors and like you know, I didn't really care about the history behind it at the time as much as I do now. I was just liking what it looked like. And then I, you know, I started to go to Butler and, you know, unlike being a, a military school, I could actually wear the stuff. You know, I didn't have to be in mailman pants and a sailor hat all the time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was at Butler and I could actually wear the cool sweaters and, and my friends would see me in the outfits that I had. And, and they were like, dude, you know, what store did you get that from? I'm like, Goodwill, man. Like... You know, I can't really pinpoint it, but that's where I got it. And they're like, well, you know, do you have any more? And, you know, I did, and my family did, and we were still always out looking, and we just housed our finds in a, in a storage unit. Originally, that was just like a closet size type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just my friends would then come over, and I'd kind of take them in little groups, and we'd drive over to the storage unit and let them shop, and yeah. they'd pull stuff out, and I definitely undersold a lot of cool shit. But, <laughs> but it was cool to see them hyped about stuff that we had found and leave happy with something and then yeah from there i mean it just that i mean i guess to answer your question that's when i realized like man we might be doing something right yeah. um there's people willing to spend their money on stuff that you know if we got it for a dollar to five dollars and i'm flipping it for 15 bucks like 
that's good margin. it's a good yeah. margin yeah. and and you know it's it's like i enjoy doing it, it doesn't feel like work right um which is a big thing and you know seeing um other stores uh like round two who i, I was just kind of mentioning with sean weatherspoon like they're in Richmond, Virginia, and they were kind of doing what we were doing on a bigger scale, but they had roots similar to ours. And, you know, they moved to Hollywood and, you know, opened a store and that blew up and now they're open stores nationwide. So like seeing other people have success only fed into our belief that what we were doing could be successful. Yeah, absolutely. So, and just cause there was nothing really like it in Indianapolis yet. And we wanted mm. to be, you know, the go-to, like the one that people would, you know, you think of, cool vintage clothing and streetwear like you think of Naptown Thrift so mm-hmm. yeah. I mean and if like your margin is still 15-20 bucks it's yeah. still two, three, four times cheaper than if they were to go online and get it oh like for some, sure some sweet vintage sweater yeah like, now nah, we got it for like a third of that exactly and I think that's you know we, we pride ourselves in having the original of, of stuff because now a lot of you know a lot of stores like you know Urban Outfitters Forever 21 like a lot of mall stores PacSun like they're all remaking stuff mm. to look like vintage stuff mm. yeah. but it's like you said it's more expensive for the remake than the original which you know to, to kids just your, your average kid at the mall they might not know that yeah. but it's our job to kind of make them realize that that's it's cooler to have the original and cooler to not pay as much so right. yeah. yeah I got I got a friend's t-shirt that I bought off PacSun probably a little too much but yeah people like oh dude I like your I like your shirt exactly one it's I guess the the cool thing about like you said getting stuff from PacSun is like you always know that that'll be available like you can go on there they'll have your size you can find it like I can't tell you the last time we found an original friend shirt just because you don't see those very often yeah and you know when we do you know we'll only have a medium in it you know because we found that one shirt right so I guess the good thing about these stores remaking the stuff is if you just want to kind of represent that era in time the moment in time you don't really care about you know necessarily oh you know this is an original single stitch you know 80s you know whatever yeah you just care about hey i like friends and this is a sick shirt then i mean those stores honestly are really good for that so i'm not knocking them at all but yeah i guess with us it's just no you can on here yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i mean for us it's just you know we we try to really just curate uh you know picked um selection of of original vintage stuff yeah. so if you ever get anything like old johnny cash real old school like that yeah some, like, some og hank let me know man no we've we've had some og hank stuff for sure okay i don't think we've had any original johnny cash stuff but definitely some old hank stuff um honestly I just like had to plant that seed yeah out, yeah for sure no, well and, and being in indiana like you know hip-hop old hip-hop gear is really big and okay. goes for a ton of money but being in indiana you just don't see it yeah but old country stuff being in indiana it's like you know that's everywhere that's yeah. that's what you see and you know seeing random country stars like you know alan jackson and like vince gill and like guys that i didn't i've never listened to their shirt graphic from 92 is super sick <laughs> it's like i'm gonna grab the shirt even though no one cares about these guys maybe that are, my, are our age but um yeah i mean but any hip-hop stuff is like you know you find an original tupac or easy e shirt or something i mean that's like a 300 hundred dollar shirt right there which is wild Compared to like some of these country stars, it's like I can't even move their shirt for ten bucks. Yeah, it's just they matter. Even though it's a cool graphic, it just doesn't have the same hype around it. Sure. Um, But you know, I guess that's kind of what we deal with with the market we're in, Um, and that's why it's worth. Like I was kind of mentioning to Tim earlier, like people bringing stuff into our store now that have collections that you know they might have some crazy Tupac piece that they their dad passed down to them from back in the day and you know we can never go out in indianapolis and find one of those if yeah. we looked for months and months and months at a time 
But if they want to bring it in and we want to pay them $100 to then flip it for close to $300, like we're willing to do that now. Yeah. Just because pieces like that you, you don't see very often and that's worth it. So, so when you do get things like that, um, do you then hang on to it in-house thinking, all right, someone will eventually come along or do you go online to – get that that bigger return if it's like a three four hundred dollar shirt you get for a hundred you said that's kind of hard to market here yeah uh, do, do you still try to unload it here or do I you mean, also start to go like all right let's see what we can find online too yeah there's still a demand for that stuff here it's just like you know there's not uh as big of a pool it's not um there's not a hundred guys knocking down your door for a tupac shirt sure there's that select crowd so i mean like you said we have a website um and I'd say the crowd that is online and on the internet that is obviously an infinitely wider crowd than Indianapolis and mm -hmm. and uh, willing you know collectors on there willing to pay the big bucks for a super rare shirt like gotcha. that. Um, so yeah, I think definitely our online market comes in handy when we have high dollar items like that. But you know, I always like the 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 person from Indianapolis who has never seen one of those shirts in person and gets to come in and touch and feel it and you know, buy it for themselves if they want to. But yeah, mm -hmm. I know with stuff like that, like it's going to take that right person to be like, Hey, I want to spend $300 on a t-shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And you mentioned how right now running the shop, it's you and your, your mom and dad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's, I mean, they've been with me from the jump and it's been huge. I mean, when I didn't have time with, um, you know, school and, and work and, and other stuff, you know, a few years ago, they were the ones kind of taking the bulk of the thrifting mm -hmm. and, and they, you know, they go out and send me pictures of stuff like, Hey, is this good? Is this not good? And I kind of tell them like, yeah, get that. Don't get that. Um, and you know, so they've, they've taught me stuff from, you know, that they lived through that I didn't live through. And then mm -hmm. I've also taught them stuff as far as like what's popular today, you know, how to identify if an item's this old, this old, you know, what to look for. Um, it's just, it's really cool to have played off each other like we have. And, um, so yeah, now I, I run it, like I said, every day with my stepmom and, and uh, my dad still works full time at North Central. And, but you know, as soon as he gets off, his release is coming over and helping out at the shop. So it's always that's good awesome. to have him around. That's cool. um, and then, you know, yeah, weekends he's over there. So yeah, we've definitely been a team since the jump and it's, it's still a, still a team effort. Yeah. And yeah. you were hitting on it earlier, but just having that trust with your family, it's, it's, it's a special type of trust. Yeah. Just the idea of a family owned business and. And what does that mean to you, just doing that with them? Uh, it means a ton. It's, it means, you know, me being able to, you know, if I need to stay longer somewhere looking, I can, I, I know, mm -hmm. you know, my stepmom's going to be there to open up the store. It's like, I don't have to question like, oh, so-and-so's always late. So-and-so's always, you know, dicking around and, you know, won't show up. So-and-so might not know, you know, the value of something and, and, you know, might screw something up. It's like, I don't know. It's just, we've, we all have been learning together and, you know, I can, I can just, you know, know that they'll be there, mm -hmm. which is, you know, I mean, you can, it's invaluable. You can't put a price on that. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, not worrying, you know, they, they all would, would give anything for, for the team and mm -hmm. it's not worried about, you know, who's getting whose paycheck. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're paying ourselves little by little, but I mean, it's, it's not worrying about in a disgruntled employee. It's, you know, it's just, it's a family thing and, you know, we have our ups and downs and, you know, we all make mistakes, but we, you know, we don't, yeah, you know, scream at each other for making a mistake. We all learn from it. And I don't know, it's just, 
it's a, it's, it's how you'd interact with your family yeah. any other way. It's just, yeah. it's brutally it, honest. You're brutally honest. Yeah. And, but I mean, I, that's good. Like I was saying earlier, it's just, I, I mean, running a business with partners is communication hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like if you don't have good communication with those people, your business will fail and mm-hmm. um, you won't be as successful as you know, you originally set out to be. So I think our communication with each other is um, top notch. And, you know, like you said, be brutally honest and we bounce ideas off of each other and, you know, sometimes, you know, it's one of, one of us can be too, you know, narrow minded about something and we let each other know that. Yeah. Um, and, but we, we come together a lot and, and when we do, it's, it's, it's great. So I think, yeah, the communication factor with just having family around mm-hmm. um, is, is huge. So uh, I'm interested in more of that because aside from, you know, whether, whether it's someone getting in business with family or friends, there's always like that, ah, is that a good idea? Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so, so. Were there ever any any concerns, hesitations before doing that? It's um, kind of a multi-part question, but then how do you combat some of those things aside from good communication to where it's like, hey, if you're going to do this, this is what I've seen uh, work well and, and what I've seen not work so well. Yeah. Um, there were. I mean, honestly, I feel like this whole experience has just been kind of like we've always – been together doing stuff so the natural next step it was just going to be we were going to be together yeah yeah and i i I knew they weren't both going to drop their jobs to open this store with me um originally i thought you know it was just going to be me running it full time because Mm -hmm. um my stepmom was uh she was a uh, she had daycare full time she ran her own daycare and then my dad obviously still at north central um but yeah they you know, my stepmom ended up phasing out her daycare and, and running it full time with me. And it was just kind of the natural next step. I don't know how uh, uh, any other way to put it than that. No, it's cool, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, I, I'd say we, we learned a bunch together as far as just like, you know, different business expenses and things that jump up at you that, you know, we didn't know from before. They had had actually a, an antique shop um, some years ago together um, before. So they kind of knew some of the ins and outs of the business end of opening a store kind of before we did. So I learned stuff from them on that, on that front. And then just, you know, as far as customer traffic, what guys are going to come in and ask for, maybe some obstacles we'll see from that. I could kind of, you know, tell them about maybe, you know, what people would come in and ask and what, what, you know, challenges may arise that way. But I mean, honestly, man, it's just been kind of jumping into it feet first and, and, you know, learning day by day, you know, (laughs) we've had some crazy experiences, had some things that leave us scratching our head and, and, you know, we, we screw up, but uh, I don't know. Just, I feel like we take it day by day and that's how it's been from the jump. So it's just been, I don't know. I feel like we think it out, but we don't think it out. It's just, Mm. we just go, go by our gut. Fair enough. Yeah. Perspective. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's nice when like that family-owned works out well. Yeah, for sure. And for you sure. Hear about all the disasters. Oh uh, like, yeah. When it works, it's like man, that's a solid crew right there. Yeah, and I, I just yeah, I feel like we've always enjoyed each other's presence and always gotten along. Well, that's good. Yeah, and I mean honestly, you know, I they're they're my parents, so yeah, yeah. it's it's like you know it's still like oh you know you have some of those dad you know moments where uh, you know don't embarrass me or you know whatever <laughs> just being being their kid. But I mean, to brag on them a little bit, I mean, they're pretty cool parents for, for being, you know, mom and dad and, and, uh, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty with it. They're pretty hip. I mean, in, in, uh, in a market where it's like, you got to be kind of with the trends, even though it's vintage clothing, you kind of got to be up on stuff. I mean, they're very like up on stuff and it's funny, like they'll, they'll be out thrifting and they always take pride in like, 
yeah, like, but they didn't expect this old lady and old guy to be picking all the cool shit. Like, <laughs> like yeah, no, nobody, nobody sees us walk in and, and expect anything from us. But well, I'm just trying to imagine, like, either of my parents be like, sending me a text like, hey, kid, I, I found these sweet Jordans. Uh, what do you think about these? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I, I can't yeah. see it. Like, yeah. I love my parents. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, my parents Unique are super dope. I love oh, hanging with my parents. But, like, seeing them, hey, I got this jersey, though. Yeah. I'm just right. saying. I'm right, right. Like, no, yeah, my no, it's it's crazy. It's, but that, that's cool that you guys have that of like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, yay, no, not that. Yeah, one, and they'll both like either one of them will have like a sick find, and they'll call me like just hyped on it. Like they're yeah. they're just as hyped, even you know, if not more hyped than than me, just finding cool stuff, oh, which is cool, which is awesome to have around yeah. me because keeps me going for sure. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So what what is the what does the thrifting process look like? Like what is like when you go out? I know you said you were, we were talking earlier. You do it like sometimes in the morning before you open yeah. up. Yeah. Are there any like things that you found have worked well in terms of where you've been looking, or is it just kind of going through a jungle, just looking to wherever there's something? Gosh, it's. De- I mean, there's. You know, we we have little habits that you know we look for um, as far as just like specifics of of things that we you know if we're going through the racks at some thrift store and. You know, we, we have little little things that we're like, oh, okay, this, you know, the thicker collared stuff is typically older, so I'm going to look mm. for, like, stuff with a thicker collar. If I'm in a rush, like, and there's a million T-shirts in front of me, I can, you know, go a little quicker. If I'm only looking for, you know, the sleeve, there's only uh, a single stitch on the sleeve of a lot of the older stuff, so you can look at that. You can look at the collar, just the wear on stuff. We've kind of gotten a good eye just mm-hmm. to kind of know, like, you know, instead of slowly uh, looking at every T-shirt, we can go through quickly and look. That's and that I mean and that's about as 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 specific as we get with you know honing stuff down. Otherwise, it is all fair game. There is it is we found you know you can hit a spot a million times and it sucked a million times and that million and one time you hit it, it's like a grail spot and you're yeah. like where did this come from? But it's all about I mean in those first million times that you hit it. Some dude could have came every day before you hit it and grabbed all the cool shit like a minute before. That's true. And it's completely about timing. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, my point of saying all that is, is to say that it, it is 100% about timing because, I mean, there's a lot more guys doing it now. We, we don't go out and find as, as, you know, we used to go out and just be able to get a car to stuff like pretty much every time. There's a few factions that go into that. One being we've gotten a lot pickier with what we look for. Um, you know, we know a lot more now about what sells and what doesn't sell. Um, and also there's a lot more guys doing this now. There's it's Mm. with vintage getting more popular and just the, the process of thrifting kind of becoming cool. Um, there's a lot more guys doing it now, but it's cool that, you know, a lot of guys have looked up to us is in the city is kind of like, you know, that place that, you know, they may have seen first to, inspire them to go out and do something like that, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely makes it, you know, harder to, to find cool stuff. So you just got to be on it. Yeah. Your timing's got to be good. You got to, um, you know, you can't just stick to Goodwills and whatnot. You got to go through different facets. So we've, we've learned that we've, we've utilized connections with friends that we may have slept on before as far as like, Oh, I think so-and-so used to have a store here. So-and-so may have been a collector of this back in the day here. They might have some stuff laying around there. You know, we should give them a call. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like we're, we're using the connections that we know Joe Blow going to Goodwill doesn't have, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, invaluable as well. Um, but yeah, just any other aspect, garage sales, you know, taking a, taking a, uh, on the task of going through a hoarder house, like, We've done a few of those as well. It's like, you know, 
we had a guy come in the shop the other day. He's like, yeah, you know, he like saw like our Culver license plate on our car outside and came in. He was like, what do you know about Culver? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, well, I go through hoarder houses or I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of like getting rid of people who are or helping people who are getting rid of their house. And, and, you know, I'll give you guys a call if I have anything. Sure enough, next week he gives us a call. Hey, this guy, he's got to get rid of his house. It's full of shit. Come, come look at it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like stuff like that. I think it's a plus having a shop. So we even have that opportunity to, to do that. But I mean, it's just having that one up on, on just like, like I said, your average person who just wants to go out there and just casually look for stuff. We're doing it as a business, so we need to utilize those those options to have a leg up. Yeah, those connections they pay off in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Have you ever uh, found something that's so cool that you're just you're debating? I just want to keep this for myself, or oh. I want to sell this. I'm sure that happens a lot. <laughs> uh, Tim, I think it maybe daily. Honestly. <laughs> it's 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 so often, but I, yeah. I've gotten a lot better about you know. It's like if. And honestly, I've donated a lot of the stuff from my closet to the shop just because, okay. like, if I'm not in love with it and I'm not wearing it a bunch and it doesn't mean, like, the world to me, I, I, I think about it as, like, I'm holding out on money that, could, that the shop could be making by having this shirt in my closet that I don't wear. I just look at it because I'm like, damn, it's a sick shirt. Yeah. But, I, you know, bringing it in and seeing it sell means just as much to me. And then, you know, I feel a little less guilty about taking something that you know, comes in the shop right, later right. on. That's so funny. Um, but no, man, it happens all the time, honestly. Uh, and there's a bunch of stuff like cool stuff that comes in that just doesn't fit me. Just, you know, I wear an XL and I have long linky arms and a lot of stuff doesn't fit properly. And it yeah. kills me when something like super sick comes through and my arms are way too long right? and it doesn't fit right. And I have to let it sell and see it go, but eh, it just comes mm-hmm. with it. So what's, uh, what's like, the hardest thing you've given back to the shop to us, like, oh man, this hurts. It fits me. And it's, mm. well, a like, lot of times, one of those where it's like, it really <laughs> stuck out. Like this one hurt. Yeah, well, I, honestly, when I give it back, it's cause it, I would say it doesn't usually fit me. Okay. Um, so I guess that makes it a little less hard okay. because if it fits me, nine times out of ten I'm probably not giving it back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if I have it, but I mean, there, I mean, there's stuff I can, Tell you like I a few weeks ago, um, I thrifted this insane shirt. Easily the best thing I think I've ever thrifted um, really? out of all my years of doing it. And it was this shirt from what I think hitting up experts about it was from 1995, and it had Tupac, Biggie, and a you know Method Man, um, TLC, Mary J. Blige. Um, like a slew of naughty by nature, uh, boys to men. Like it literally had every like nineties hip hop and R and B artist you could think of yeah. on one shirt. And it wasn't for a concert. It literally looked like a test print shirt that they mm. used to like put every artist on it. And I was like, I, I found it and I, you know, I, I started hyperventilating. Like I didn't know what to do. Like yeah. I just stuck it in my bag really quick. And I was like, no way did I just find that. And it it the t- it was tagged XL and I wear a true XL and guess what it fit like a large oh, because man. because because those what old down? shirts those old shirts man people I mean it, it's been small wa- sons of bitches yeah it, one it's been washed probably a million and a half times so it shrunk yeah. a little bit and then but I mean stuff from like the 80s and 70s like an XL fits like a today medium because people just one were smaller back then and yeah. liked their their shirts tighter but yeah that was that was one that I recently found that I was like damn like 
if that would have been a little bigger, man, you would have been yeah. in my closet. But honestly, and so that one was cool enough that uh, I, I have that currently not for sale. I, oh, really? That, that's one that I, I couldn't give up. I just We have it hanging up in the shop, and people come in and ask about it, and we get to tell them the story about it, and, and they get to look at it. So that one's, that one's one I, oh. I won't have to be sad about letting go, but it's one that I was sad about not fitting me for sure. So are you able to tell us if you were to sell it, what you would sell it for? Well... I put it up, I posted it on our page and I knew, cause I knew it'd get a lot of attention yeah. and, um, I put not for sale in the caption, but that didn't stop people from offering. Sure. So the highest offer we had on it so far was $950 mm. for oh. the shirt. Yeah. And, um, that, and to, wow. to me, honestly, knowing what I know now, that was on the low end of what I, really? what I thought it would go for. I, I expected an offer like that because I, that was within the first, I think 30 minutes of me posting it too. Wow. And but when I found it, I was like, out of all the hip hop T-shirts I've seen, never seen this one. Yeah, it's I have a, I have a history or like a hit, uh, rap tea history book. It wasn't in there. And I hit the guy up who wrote the book. He had never seen it before. So I'm sitting here thinking like this could be a fifteen hundred dollars shirt. Hmm. And, you know, as you know, I tell some people like. Yeah, I got offered nine fifty for it, and they're like, "Dude, are you fucking crazy? Like, sell it? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, I told, I think I, who was it? My, I told my uncle about it. He was like, "Dude, I would have helped the guy load it into his car. Like, I would have walked it out there with him. Like, like that would have been a done deal." I'm like, "Nah, man." But but the guys who are close to me in the game and are also thrifters are like, "Dude, you can't give that up. Like, that's a once in a lifetime find. Like, man. you gotta hold on to that." So I respected their opinion. And yeah. yeah, I. You know, it, it never gets old walking in the shop every day and seeing it there. Like, yeah, I found that. So do you have like a blank check or do you have a number? Like if someone offered this, I would really think about it. Honestly, if someone came in and was like, dude, $1,500 right now, I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's all, that's, that's easily the most I've ever made on a single item, let alone a freaking t-shirt. Yeah, so okay. yeah, but I had but, to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, everything I guess has a price. Um, I, I, I don't know if there's anything, any single item that I love enough to never get rid of yeah. unless it really had a personal connection, yeah. mm -hmm. but I don't know, man. I like looking at it right now. So cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, you said you, you reach out to experts and things. Uh, how did you find yourself like doing that? Was that hard to start doing? Uh, were people pretty receptive to, to helping out? Like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and then how are those relationships like today? Like, do you still fuel those? And yeah. And whatnot? when you say experts, you mean, you said you reach out to the guy who wrote the book. Oh like, yeah. yeah, to, like the, yeah. those types of people. Yeah. Like, I mean, other thrifters who are doing it. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of it just was initially just, you know, having open ears and just being willing to listen. Um, you know, being, you know, Instagram is our easily our biggest platform. So being on there and following others that have been doing it longer than we have mm -hmm. and just kind of soaking in what, information they were posting um you know i i've never been one to kind of you know bug people and feel like the little brother like hey you know what's this hey what's this hey what's this because you know we have some people that do that to us now and and after having soaked in so much info and just being patient and learned and really just took the time to research stuff and look up on our own like you almost you know you you like helping people out but at the same time you're like dude like put in the time to, to, to learn. If you right. really care about it, like you, you should want to learn about the stuff that you're doing um, and, and, and that you, you're finding. Um, so I think that was a big part of it. But no, on stuff that we're just like super, you know, in the dark about, we'll hit up, you know, homies of ours. Like we have a, like a, a lot of the, the thrifters in the area have like a little group chat on Instagram. And oh, cool. we'll, all, we'll like, if there's something we're stumped about, like we'll throw it in there and be like, hey, did anybody have any info on this? Um, so that's usually what we do. Okay. 
we'll have, you know, a few experts that maybe come by the shop that their expertise is jerseys or their expertise is denim. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk to them and chop it up with them specifically. But a lot of the time, man, it's just, you know, Google is, Jay-Z said, Google's your friend, bro. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's so true. I mean, we, we Google everything that we find. It. A lot of that being like music related stuff and band tees and like super obscure bands that like I've never heard of, but mm-hmm. there's, you know, I, you know, I'm thinking like, well, I've never heard of this band. Let's sell it for 15 bucks. Oh, wait a minute. I just looked it up and the shit goes for 250. Like <laughs> I probably shouldn't do that. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that is, you know, gosh, we live on looking at eBay sold listings of stuff. It's like, if we don't know how to price something, it's like, well, one of these sold for 50 and the other one sold for 20. So let's put it up at 30, Yeah, you know, see what happens. So a lot of it's taken a chance, but you know, we, we learn by, by selling things that, that, you know, we, we later learned we undersell. Um, so that's another, I mean, gosh, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. We learned by marking things way too high and somebody coming in and telling us, dude, like your price on this is insane. Like it uh-huh. doesn't sell for that. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? Word. Like I'll, I'll do more research on it. Like I thought it sold for this much. And you know, we haven't had, we haven't had that happen as much as we've had a lot of people like, yo, like this is a crazy steal. Thanks. And I'm like, damn, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, right after they get the receipt. <laughs> This was a steal. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, peace, yeah, peace man. Yeah, sucker. Yeah. No, that that happens definitely a lot more than the latter. But uh, I mean, it's just that's how you learn. And um, yeah, it's 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 been cool getting to chop it up with guys who who learn because I think like you guys said at the beginning of this, you know, we can all learn stuff from each other by talking to each other. And somebody's going to be more of an expert at something than you are. And just being willing to soak in that information um, has been huge for us. I said that's, that's awesome how you respond if someone's like, "Hey, it's a little high." Yeah, like, it just and then you're like, "All right, let me research." Yeah, it's not like, for sure. "Dude, get out of my shop." Yeah, like how many people would do that instead right. of like, "Oh, all right, let me look at this." Yeah, and I mean, a lot of that, I'd say, you know, the closest thing we have to that more often than actually that is people coming in and you know they'll see. Um, uh, like our higher our higher price stuff is our definitely our band tees and our music related stuff that goes for a lot of money and you know your average Joe Blow who's used to seeing stuff at PacSun for 12 bucks. It's like, yeah, they have a bunch of remake band tees or, you know, Forever 21, they have a bunch of remake band tees you can get for 15 bucks, but this is an original 1982 Pink Floyd shirt and we have 120 bucks on it yeah. because we've done our research and we know that, mm-hmm. like, that's actually on the low end of what they sell for. You know, it's like, we could have 200 on this, but we don't. We have 120 on it, right. which seems like a lot, but to a collector, it's on the low end, but your average, you know, Joe Blow comes in the shop they're not going to know that. So we get a lot of like, whoa, like this is, you know, this is 120. Like, like, why is this shirt so expensive? It's, gotcha. it's more so of them asking like what makes it so expensive mm-hmm. and us explaining. Just need to be educated. Exactly. It's just, yeah. it's, it's all comes down to educating. It's, it's never really them being like pissed off. Like, sure. yo, like why the hell is this 120? Like yeah. what's wrong with you? It's more so like, why is this 120? And I get to explain it. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Cause like you always hear, like when you teach something, you learn it even better. Yeah. So if you're doing that all the time, you're just learning oh, your craft even more and more. For sure. And and I feel like we have so much stuff. People tend to pull out stuff that I totally forgot we even had. And I'm like, oh, dude, like I get to relive that shirt like once more when they ask about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, so, that's still around. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. Uh, hope you put that back. I might yeah. take that. Yeah. That's, that is that, is that XL? Yeah. <laughs> Not for sale either, man. Honestly, that's that's a good that's a good sale tactic too. Is if someone's on the fence about something, being like, "All right, man, if you put that back, I'll probably buy it myself." And they're like, "Oh, oh okay, I'll copy it." Well, yeah, yeah. well, I'm scared. So so, so, it's a win-win for me. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, since you started this business, I know you said you, you learn on the go. Yeah. 
what's been the biggest surprise to you like as a business owner going into this something that you didn't expect that's come up along the way um i mean i, I, I there's a few things I'd, I'd say initially just like a lot of hidden costs in opening mm. up a business like a lot of stuff you know registering for this this and this that you know costs this much and this much and you know the rent's a flat price but you stack a lot of shit on top of that once you start yeah. digging into it and um there's hidden costs of you know things you uh you know, you have to be registered for, and are you going to be a, you know, LLC or an S corp or, you know, it's like stuff like that. I just, I wasn't a business major at Butler, so I didn't have that background a lot. I felt yeah. kind of like a business double major running stuff out of the unit while I was, while I was attending yeah, Butler. Real business. Experience. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, there's a lot of just hidden costs that we didn't even, I mean, even my parents didn't realize. Mm. So, um, that, and then just on kind of just the day to day and just like traffic, like, I, I worked retail before. I worked in malls and, and okay. uh, you know shoe stores and stuff like that. And I mean, traffic always varied, but I don't know why. I guess having your having your own business, you're always like, well, well, you know, my business is the coolest thing out there. Like I'm gonna have customers all the time, and that's not realistic. You know, there's days where we barely have anybody in, and you know that that can be any day. Um, I mean, obviously we have our better days, and obviously there's not many days that we don't have hardly anyone in. But there's days like that that happen and, you know, you got to be realistic with yourself like, okay, like what could we be doing today to make this day worth it? You know, mm. um, a lot of times that's me listing more stuff on our website. It's like if we're not having the foot traffic coming in the store, we could beat our, you know, in-store numbers with our online numbers. Um, and a lot of times that happens. Like, you know, if, if we're super low in store, like I'll get a bunch of stuff listed and sure enough, there will be a lot of sales online. And, um, yeah, it's just learning that way about, you know, how to make your day useful and make yourself useful if you're not just staying busy by hmm. people coming in. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, listen to stuff on your website. I want to ask how many, how many followers do you guys have right now on Instagram? Right now? I think we're at like maybe 12.1 K. Like we just okay. hit 12 K not long ago. I think we're at like 12.1 or something like that. It's pretty good. What's, yeah. I mean, what's been the key? I know you have compelling stuff that you put on yeah. the like pictures, but what do you think has been the key in terms of growing that? Uh, honestly, I think you just said it right there. I, it, to me, I've always prided myself in like, I don't know, it, every guy and their brother, I, I feel like now is always like, I know how to crack the Instagram algorithm. Like, <laughs> I, I am a genius. Like I, if you want 10,000 followers next week, like I can do that. And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to stay just posting cool shit. And if you yeah. want to, if you want to follow, follow, if you don't, yeah. don't. And it's going to be there. And I feel like I get more genuine interaction and organic followers from, from mm -hmm. just, you know, staying true to who we are, posting stuff. I'm not going to blow up, blow you up. Like I'm not going to hit, I'm not going to follow you just to unfollow you. I'm not, you know, I'm, I follow kind of my core people who, you know, give me information. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to follow 20,000 people just to gain 5,000 followers. Like, I don't know, the, those 5,000 don't mean right. as much right. to me. <laughs> I'd rather have 5,000 people who genuinely followed because they cared about what yeah. we post every day yeah um and so i think that's been the biggest thing I, I we've always let our content speak for ourselves and i think now it's it's been cool having the storefront people can come in see our faces chop it up with us really like mm -hmm. who we are as people and follow our page because they respect who we are as people and then yeah. also like what we post so that's nice. been cool like Good. a super captivating photo like this is sharp yeah oh and that's the other thing i mean i I mean, I will go to, to the ends for a good picture of a t-shirt. Like mm -hmm. I, I take a lot of pride in our, how our Instagram feed looks and, yeah. and our photos and like, I'm just doing it with my iPhone. Like I'm not, I don't have any fancy camera or anything, but mm -hmm. it's still like, and I'm just taking a picture of a t-shirt. Like I'm not 
posing models or anything, but I mean, it's just, I really want to make sure our product is displayed in the best way it can be. Because like I said, if, if my, if our motto and our, our way of gaining followers is, is our product, I mean, I got to make the product look as good as mm -hmm. it can be. Um, so I'm huge on, on how our pictures look and, uh, yeah, the, you know, I'll, we'll have shirts that are a certain color to where I'm like, I need to take this outside. So the color will look, you know, nice, but it's super windy. So I'm going to be sitting there outside waiting for the wind to stop blowing for two seconds. So I can snap this photo of the shirt, yeah. not swaying around. Um, it's just, it's little things like that that just go into to taking that perfect photo of a t-shirt that may or may not sell. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, uh, how many employees do you guys have? Uh, it's just us three. Me. Oh, just you three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know if there's anyone else that went thrifting for you guys. Or no. Anything. Okay. No, it's just it's us, and like I said, we probably still do like seventy five percent of the finding of, of yeah. items ourselves, and then uh, you know what's nice is you know having the storefront people come in and and bring in their collections and and stuff that we pay you know pay a little up for it, but you know we buy straight out and and you know get in some of those items that we may be looking months for and not be able to find and people, somebody brings it in. So yeah, but we, it's just us three doing it and it's always kind of been that way. So we're used to that, that load being on us as far as, you know, needing to get that inventory. But, um, I mean, we, there's, a, there's enough out there. You know, we always say people get super like competitive and, um, territorial sometimes with like, mm. Oh, this person came and they're looking over here and this is my spot that I always look at and da, 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 da. We're like, dude, like, there's enough crap out there for everybody. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know we're all looking for vintage is, you know, quote unquote, the thing that we're all looking for right now. Typically, 80s and 90s stuff, but vintage can be anything. And vintage is being redefined every day. And trends are being redefined every day. So if somebody's grabbing this thing and you see this other thing and you think it could be something cool, grab that. Like mm -hmm. you don't all, you don't have to be pissed off because somebody got something else that is quote unquote the end thing or, or, you know, trendy, make your own trends. It's like, I, I don't know. There's no, no, no need to be territorial about anything. It's like we're, we use all our facets, all our options for, for going out and looking and, and finding different things every day. And you, you never see us mad about, you know, not finding as much because I mean, you have off days. That's part of the time that goes into it is you're not going to go out and find that grail item every time. There's going to be times that you go out and you spend hours looking and you come out with two things and not even two great things at that, but mm -hmm. you went out and you did it and you, that's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. So part of the process. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the process. Yeah. 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 For sure. Get the strikeouts. You're right. Yeah. Have there been any opportunities for you to – kind of blend I mean we talked about your business that you have now with Naptown Thrift yeah. we talked about your your music have you found any opportunities to kind of blend those two together um, or cross the paths in some way because I know you you do that when you're not working but yeah. any way you've been able to merge the two yeah um, I'd say you know most of that would be on the kind of networking end um, okay. you know I meet a lot of artists and a lot of artists like to have their own looks Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, be outfitted for shows, photo shoots, videos, um, whatever. And they, they've, you know, the artists that I meet kind of come to know that I'm the guy with the, with the cool clothes. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of them shop with me now and I, I kind of look out for stuff that they might want. And, um, you know, they'll let me know like, Hey, I'm going to be shooting a video here. You know, could you, do you have this, this, or this? Like, could you set aside for me? Da, 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 whatever. Um, and then, you know, on the follow up end, after they buy the stuff, They'll go out and they'll they'll have that show. They'll shoot that video. They'll do that photo shoot, and they'll be wearing our stuff, and they'll tag us in it. 
and that means you know more people having eyes on our product um so i mean that whole just networking exchange being an artist knowing artists and having artists represent you while they do their thing has just been super cool um and i think that's kind of the biggest way i've integrated me being an artist with the shop you know everybody's like dude like i bet you play your mixtape in the store all the time just so people can hear it i'm like i'm not i'm not gonna do that like i don't know that's just not me i can't i can't go to work like just bumping my own shit like talking to customers like hey you know who this is (laughs) it's me no, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Don't be that. Guy. Yeah, I'm, that's yeah. That's, wait, wait. This is the best line of this song. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that, yeah, no, that Tim. That's a perfect example of don't be that guy. Yeah, right? yeah. That is a perfect example of that. So I try not to be that guy as much as I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the networking in has been great. Yeah, and it makes you look diverse. Cause yeah. Pete, like just to take that interest over into that realm and be and be known for that in yeah. music. Yeah. Music networking group. That's for awesome. Sure. Yeah, it's been great. So what do you think, like, just f- looking into the future, is there, have you defined, like, anything that you're trying to accomplish with this in the future, or is there anything, I know it's a multifaceted question, but, <laughs> like, what do you think it's going to take to be successful, like, looking forward for your business? Just keep doing what you've been doing, or is there anything? Um, I, you know, what we've been doing so far is kind of like, you know, obviously we're, we're still fairly new, we're still figuring stuff out. Mm-hmm. I'd say we've realized that, you know, seeing others, you know, have successes and failures, um, has come down to, you know, always keeping things fresh. Right. Um, you know, don't get in a rut of doing the same thing over and over and over again. Don't keep the same product over and over and over again. Don't almost, you know, keep people on their toes to an extent. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that, that always keeps people interested. Um, also just, you know, uh, you know, don't turn down every opportunity to get your brand out there, but also be selective. Okay. Don't say yes to everything. I think that's a big thing. It adds exclusivity to your brand. Okay. Um, and it's just, you know, you have a lot of people coming up to you wanting to collab and wanting to, you know, once you have a store, everybody wants to, hey, you know, you want to buy ad space in, in this and you want to collab in this and you should let my brand be in your store. Hmm. And, you know, you get a lot of that yeah. daily. And it's picking and choosing what's going to be most beneficial for your brand um, because at the end of the day, you know, they're reaching out to you for a reason. And, um, I don't know, but just a mixture of that and, and always getting new product. I think we have a, our kind of store has a one up on a lot of other store, like clothing retail stores, just because our product is all diverse yeah. and we're getting new. We literally, me and uh, my stepmom take pride in restocking stuff daily. And when we say restocking, we're not putting out more of the same product that was out. Restocking as in we're putting in 50 brand new items that no one's ever seen yet. Yeah. daily and yeah. so if you if you are a daily customer you're going to come in and see something new every time which is like that's big. what store does that yeah not um, a lot of them yeah so i think that's huge for us is just keeping things fresh um and you know never never being predictable mm-hmm. and yeah i can tell that just you and by what you're talking about your stepmom and, and dad are passionate about like you said keep it up on trends yeah. researching right like is are the when you say research trends are there any plate like is that just keeping your ear open to anything and everything? Like, how do you go about keeping ahead on the trends of um, being open and researching? Yeah, I mean, part of that's just, I guess, you know, I, I'm i kind of living it right now, just being in the age group that me and you guys are in. Yeah. Like, we, we, we're on social media a lot. We kind of just naturally see things that are trending. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I'm 35, like, I don't know if I'll still be that in tune. Hopefully I will be. <laughs> but I, I guess for right now, that helps a lot. It's just kind of naturally living through trending stuff. 
Um, but also just, you know, paying attention to our competitors and people that we follow. It's like, if we see a certain item that's selling pretty well and selling at a, you know, Oh wow. You know, we'll notice things like, wow, that dude just sold this item for 45 and we just sold it for 20. Like, Mm. does it have that high of a demand for it now? Like we thought that was kind of like a so, so item, but then we'll see like another one pop up sold for 50 and we're like, wow, like we probably shouldn't sell that thing for 20 next time. We should probably amp up the price on that a little bit. It's, yeah. it's things like that. that Paying attention to detail. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of detail. It's a lot of detail. Okay. Um, or and I mean it, that even comes down to like wow the the color of of you know because there will be items and they'll have different colorways of the same item. It's like wow the colorway of this item sells a lot better than that one does. So let's try to pick more of these or you know it's just I don't know it's, it's detail for yeah. sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's huge. So we're. I hate cutting this off. No, yeah. A few minutes from from getting kicked out. Anything else? Uh, I don't know, Tim, if you have anything. No, any other hitters? Uh, Aaron, anything that you want to make sure you cover too uh, before we get get the boot out of here in like ten minutes? Uh, no, man. I, you guys asked great questions, and this is, <laughs> we this appreciate is, this that is awesome. Yeah, it was fun fun talking about. It. I mean, the last things I would say is just you know come check out the shop in person because yeah. you know if you're in the indianapolis area you can i get people out of state you know you mm-hmm. can check out our instagram check out our website but i kind of don't put everything on our website for a reason sure. i i try to encourage people to come and gotta and entice yeah. a little yeah, bit yeah yeah dangle the carrot yeah, yeah for sure like i like you like we kind of mentioned earlier i might put our higher dollar items on there just mm-hmm. because it gets a wider audience but like it's there's such a small percentage of our inventory is online uh, I, when you come in, you get to see all the collectibles we have hanging around the shop and the posters and the, you know, you can play, uh, you know, old video games against me and, or yeah. whoever. And, and, you know, just hear old music and like, I don't know, just chop it up and talk, mm-hmm. talk about nostalgia. For sure. Yeah. We'll yeah. To come by real soon. For sure. But yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing I would encourage most is, is come by. And, um, like I said, we're, um, in the South Broderpool area, 2174 East 54th street, right next to Mississippi Bell and Indy Taco and all that. Um, but you can follow us on Instagram at Naptown Thrift and NaptownThrift.com. Yeah. So yeah, that's money. Great, Aaron. Thanks for hanging with us. Thank today, you bro. guys. Yeah, it was appreciate fun, it. Man. Real fun. Yeah. Thank you.